and just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you. You just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals, day 675 of quarantine. And we're here with the latest and greatest of pro wrestling news. And this week, predictions. Meals, it is it is a show day. It is a, you know, if you had told me that Sunday was a money in the bank pay-per-view, I'd have been like, word. <laughs> these days are these days are like just running together honestly yeah pretty much it's like it's just one blah into the other blah i'm interested to see i don't know a lot of uh a lot of states are beginning their reopening process at varying speeds and you Mm -hmm. know everything is uh how i can say um i mean the projections of uh more people to be infected with covid are going up but it seems like people generally don't give a damn um, but no, don't, say be, people. don't say people, white. I people mean, well, yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, government official Republicans. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> don't seem to give a damn. So it'll be interesting to see if anything, like for instance, let's say Kansas City, Missouri, or something along those lines. I know that's a weird city, but I think I was watching a pay per view the other day that I was there. Um, it's like, okay, we're all ready to go. We're all gonna, we're gonna do, we can allow people back into things as long as everyone is sitting a seat apart, blah, 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 blah. Does WWE go there and tape shows for like three weeks at a place like that? And just like, okay, we need the live crowd experience back. They're open. Let's see where we can get in. If we can get in one night or one weekend or something, tape like three shows. Do you think they do that? Yeah, I, I think I mean rotating rotating people wash down everything, which I feel like would mm-hmm. be a lot more trouble than it's worth. Uh yeah. than just like not doing it, but wash down everything, spread on everything, rotating people so they're not sitting through eight hours of wrestling. Um I, I think that I mean the acoustics are gonna be wild because if you're sitting oh, yeah. like two or three seats apart, it's gonna be woo, woo, woo. Like, it's I mean, gonna... I'm sure. <laughs> WWE, they block out the seat, so it just kind of looks like a shadow or something. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> the The whole seat apart. I mean, it's not like it hasn't been done, but yeah, it's going to look weird as hell. Um, but that's what's been on my mind. That's like my like, I don't know, COVID consciousness for the last uh, uh, last day or so. It's like, hey, if a city opens, WWE just say like, f it, and let's just get in there. They're definitely gonna go. They're definitely gonna go. I think they're definitely gonna go. I think. AEW would definitely go. Uh, you know, I think that it's something that they 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 need sorely as a crowd experience. But the thing about it is, is I don't think it's going to take people's minds off of the reality of what's going on, like mm-hmm. the news 
and press conferences and stuff like that is absolutely at the front of everyone's consciousness in this world where content is not content anymore. Like content is at home stuff. Like I was literally looking like I, I watched 90 Day Fiance, as you already know. You already know this, Mills, but like they, they've actually made content out of this content where they, it's like all of the former cast members are like recording from home in quarantine. And, you know, it, it's like there, there's nothing that that we can really do about this type of thing, but WWE is trying to kind of give us the experience. And I don't know if that's on the forefront of everyone's minds here. And it's so tough and, and noticeable. And I guess we'll talk about it now that like, there are a lot of people that are missing and, oh yeah, you know, you can, you can believe to whatever degree that this is a, a, the right thing or, or not the right thing to do right now, but there are going to be people that are not going to be on air. Uh, Sami Zayn is one, but you know, more specifically, Roman Reigns is one, and he's been at home for the past two months now uh, on quarantine because, as we all know, he's recovering uh, from leukemia, and he's, you know, he is immunocompromised to this disease. Right. And so uh, someone pointed out yesterday on Raw that during a Seth Rollins video package, uh, they they showed the cash-in. The, uh, the the heist of the century where he pinned Roman, except he didn't pin Roman in the video package. He it, it cut out before uh, you saw the, the actual pin go down. So this leads more credence to them having Roman Re- or Roman Reigns having heat with mm-hmm. the back, with, with, with with the office. I don't think it's heat. I think it's more like this is a this is the continuation of a long line of really weird shit that they do with Roman Reigns and they've done it for nearly half a decade now. It's a you know honestly I'm in the I'm in the community of like cuz if this isn't you know there's you know the song if this isn't love then what the hell like <laughs> like it's a it's weird to me to take a star that is currently employed and currently hasn't done anything. It's not like he's done anything. It's not like he's a he's been some sort of a outlander. He's been expulsed from society or something like that. Like he's still a member of your thing. So to completely cut him out of a package to me just seems like it's going overboard as if people don't know that he still exists and the reason why he's gone. Um, because he's even said it himself on Twitter. People are asking where Roman Reigns is. Just follow his timeline. Um, so it's interesting to see why they do it. I can't imagine that if if it's not he from WWE's end, I can't imagine. Well, maybe Roman Reigns is a much more laid back guy than me. I would think it's weird. I would think it's weird as hell. I would say, why are they doing that? Why are you guys going about? I don't know your business practices, and I guess you can do whatever you want with your own business. But it just seems weird that you would not mention or you would go or you would go out of your way to avoid mentioning or showing or displaying any graphic featuring me. Roman let's, play, let's play devil's advocate here in terms of this of this. This is a this is on Raw. He's not even on that show anyway. This is Seth Rollins specifically. Hey, just let me talk. This is Seth Rollins specifically winning the title and talking about how he won the title. This is specifically for the Drew feud. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think there are aspects of what you're saying is wrong. I'm just playing devil's advocate. On SmackDown, mm-hmm. there isn't really anything to say about him on the show. He hasn't been on there for almost three months at this point. Now, you know, he was, last time we saw him was the stare down with Goldberg. And that was that was it. So, like, there, there's not much of him to speak of on SmackDown. There's not going to be, like, you know... Roman Reigns via satellite because there's no storyline to to do there. I admit 
and it is true that cutting him out the video package is is very weird. But I can see on on their end being like, well, he's not in the storyline. Why would we focus on him? Whatever, whatever. We had to cut it down for time. It's it, there's a lot of reasons that they could say, you know, that they cut him out. But I think that more than anything, this is more proof of a guy's career who has been so maligned and so start stop and so really just fucked with since the day he won the Royal Rumble and they booed him and they, and then they, they had him lose at that very WrestleMania that we're referencing right now in that video package. It's like, this is, this isn't normal. Like this is unusual, but it's not surprising that they treat him like this. They've always treated him really weird. I, you know, I just think it's surprising because this isn't like the first instance when someone has decided, hey, I don't want to do it anymore or I don't want to do it now. It's like, I mean, I guess if you're if you're thinking of things, they haven't mentioned Sami Zayn in quite some time. Exactly. But and they haven't mentioned other things. But at the same time, it's like, why? I'm but still you- confused as I'm still confused as to why I'm still confused. Like the the reason that's being given by like you and why I guess it's supposed to make sense doesn't still is not doesn't make sense to me. Like you're okay. completely um, you're completely like shutting out a part of a story or part of an angle or part of a relationship or part of things. You're not gonna just does he mention Roman for- in that package? I probably not <laughs> at some point i tuned out of raw but yeah no uh, it doesn't even he doesn't even mention them i I'm, it's no. not about it doesn't have to we there's nothing about this company that ever makes sense to us <laughs> that's right. what we have to show <laughs> to try and make sense of it i i think that i think even bigger than that there's the question we pose of do you think they would really be so crass as to have someone who's in countless make-a-wish foundation ads for them and they do cancer stuff all the time for them to be outwardly punishing him and without a reason. Like, I feel like if there was a reason for, for them to do this, they would have told us by now. And if yeah. they not to, it's not. I, well, again, I don't know why we're going back. I don't know why we, everyone's running in circles about it because if they're not going to, they, if they choose to tell us, they're going to tell us, but us coming like theory crafting it is just making us like come up with even more sinister uh, outcomes for this. But it's because it's weird. Because it's as many like as much as we can say that there's a justification for that, it's weird. It's one hundred percent weird because they've never done this before, nor should nor do we think that they should do this. It's like, for instance, if like cutting him if you have storylines that weave into each other and there's definitely some sort of things that uh hold up the crux of someone's career, and it's Seth Rollins and it's Roman Reigns, and a lot of it's dealing with that, and and, and Drew McIntyre and something like that. Like, why would you hold that against a person? I still, I'm still confused. Like, Brock has not shown up on Raw, but we have not ignored Brock. We have not uh, chosen to do that because it just doesn't make sense. It's part however, of a story. However, what 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 muddies it more is. There's a Roman Reigns WrestleMania thing coming on tonight. He's tweeted about it. They've put him yeah. on YouTube. It's it's like they they're not completely. He's not being Chris Benoit. He's just not being talked about on their on their current television. But he's being avoided, which is weird. And it's I they're, can understand not he's talking being about somebody on live because TV. he's being avoided on live TV. Yes. Yeah, I'm just that's weird to me. That's super weird to me, and it. It it 
those sort of things like that lead to people because nothing's done for no reason. And especially when you cut out him, pretty much him in general, like he's part of the finish of the match. So to cut out him, it's just like, you might as well be cutting out Chris Benoit because there's no, <laughs> there's no reason why to cut out him. He was part of the, he was the person pinned in the match. Like you don't even have to show his face, but you can show the body being pinned. Like it's, it's just confusing. I don't know. It's just a little weird. I, I understand the, the, the theories being created by people because I'm truly a believer that nothing happened. Everything happens for a reason. And there's no reason to purposely cut him out of a video package. There's nothing that can't be, you know, WWE creates that isn't approved without it saying like, eh, maybe we cut Roman out like and bye-bye because he's not on the show. But that doesn't make sense. Mm, Vince doesn't want him on the show. Mm. Nah. All right. Yeah. Cut him out. And that could be it. But you open up the world of speculation is, is there problems with Roman Reigns? Is this problem? Because you only cut out people when there's problems with them. So you open up a world of speculation for this type of situation. And, you know, it's, 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 I, I just, I just think it's weird. It just is. I don't know. You know what yeah. else is weird? What's up? ACH apologizing for his tweets <laughs> late last year. <laughs> In a brand new interview Um, on a podcast this week, he went on there and he admitted that the way he went about things were very wrong and that this may have burned the bridges for him forever in his wrestling career. Uh, Goes on to say he was living his dream job, doing what he always wanted to do, and he messed everything up. And he apologized to WWE for everything that he said on those ill-fated tweets that had the internet in a fury. How about that? I'm beginning to wonder if he was like on some sort of medication or something along the rather, because, or, you know, clarity is in time really does help with a lot of things. I think with a lot of issues, time helps with a lot of things, but I'm beginning to wonder like, what's the reason why he's chosen to feel the way he feels about this now, as opposed to very, I don't want to say radical, but it was very extreme um, feelings of disdain for the company and it seemed like there was no way to resolve this even though i'm sure there are many times where an olive branch was reached to resolve this he he opted not to which is probably the reason what he regrets the most is that he opted not to um because as much as he can say i'm done wrestling you know blah blah this is the skill that you've had for the last decade. Like it, it and this is something that you love, you know, it's so it's, it's weird that you would say, I'm just, I'm done with wrestling because of this one incident. Um, it's sad, but it's also like, I mean, I'm sure your feelings on this are just like, yeah, what did you expect? <laughs> well, my feelings on it are what we said back when this happened. Hey, there's something's wrong with this. Maybe we shouldn't be trying to use this as an opportunity to dunk on a company, which, I mean, he even gave us, crazily, he gave us the evidence we needed to show that he was kind of wilding, right, with the email. Mm-hmm. Like he Yeah, kinda, no. He... <laughs> Let's be clear. Let's be clear. All of this stems out that incredibly racist t-shirt, which is still racist to this day. However, yes, the way he went about it is completely not the way I would have went about it. <laughs> not the way anyone just, should go. And and we said it before. It, it does suck that like we, 
as you know, African Americans, we don't have the agency or not able to have the agency to just stand up like a Shawn Michaels would and be like, "This is bullshit." You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he just can't do that. It's, and he, and he's even in a worse position than me or you in a boardroom would be in right. to, to do that. But I think that like my my thing is I'm I I think it's very mature of him to do that. How about how about let me let me stick to ACH really quick. It's mm-hmm. very mature of him to do that. I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he seems to be getting help or seems to be uh, acknowledging that where he was at that, at that point, at that point in that moment was, was a bad place. And I hope that he, he gets help and he, and he continues to go on that path. My issue was what, what trickled down from this and people using it to promote, to attack and to, to just really use this as an opportunity to get themselves over in a lot of ways to, to a point where it wasn't about him anymore or, or about the shirt. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't a conversation about the shirt or how African-Americans have to move in this workplace that no, that never came up. It just became, mm-hmm. you're a bootlicker, you're a coon, you're uncle Tom. And now this comes back around a couple months later when we have the, 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 uh, the ability of, of hindsight and it, no one has anything to say about it. It's it's quiet. No one no one's going back and saying, you know what? Damn, he he's looking at it the way that the other guy was looking at it or or whatever. Like that's what I'm that's what I'm on. Is that this guy had some real issues. He he sorted it out and he's apologized, but these people are still there on here, you know, within this community being toxic about the shit. And that and that's what bothers me about it. You know, in this sort of situation, I can only say I think it, I mean, everything you're saying is true and everything I say is agree with. And I think, you know, all the names and all the stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. A lot of it comes stems from, I think, people's natural disdain for you for thinking that you're some company guy who just really wants to work for the WWE and blah, blah, blah. And ah, um, which is like, uh, and as personally as you know you, which most people don't, I know. You don't really care whether or not you work for the WWE or not. And you probably at this point would not prefer it considering the whole traveling and all this other stuff and things that we've heard, et cetera, et cetera. So, but with that said, um, yeah, it promoted a lot of ugliness from the timeline. There's nothing that I can say that can result from it that I think will anyone will change or stand up for. I don't think like people are going to apologize for the things that they said or the things that they're going to do. They're just going to ignore it. Like they've ignored the story. The story came up. Um, and just like you, just like me, you saw it. You didn't see the same people who were touting this thing, talking about this in a way where it's just like he did the right thing or something along those lines. There's no one currently out here saving his job. There's no one out here paying him. There's, there's no like people making GoFundMe to support him while he's not, while he did this to apparently like stand up for, you know, all of black people and things like that. There's mm-hmm. no one doing that. They're not calling so him a bootlicker. Kind of... They're not calling him a bootlicker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for apologizing to the, to, to the evil empire. They're not calling him that, but they, it was fine for that to be for everyone else or to do like some, I mean, my issue with it from jump was that there was the amount of like the amount of white people that were like kind of siding and, and saying a lot of shit, but also the amount of like people of color who were using it as kind of like a launching pad. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, whoa this ain't the way <laughs> this isn't, like, yeah. this, isn't this, this ain't the way. Like there was a bunch of people that were hitting me up that are in way better financial situations saying, nah, he, he's ruining the bag for all of us by doing this. 
Like mm. this, it's, it's just not the way you're supposed to, to, to go about things. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, probably what you said at the beginning was the most right thing. It said that we don't have the, the agency to be able to stand up and just be like, yo, this is bullshit. Like you guys should be ashamed of yourself, blah, blah, blah. But I'm sure there was 100% a different way to handle this. We're talking about this like almost more than six months later, and we still have the same opinion that like, actually, oh, bro, there was 100% a different way to handle this. And I'm sure he regrets. I mean, I don't know if he regrets it. I don't know if he says that, but I think he would change the way if he could, because quite honestly, he was someone who's going to be looked at as a a pretty important guy on NXT. Yeah, And now he's kind of, I don't know where he's at. I kind of wish the best for him. I hope the best for him because I don't really like to see anyone. I don't know his situation. He's been out of job far longer than this COVID crisis has been going on. So it's not like hopefully something. And he's a, uh, he said he hasn't been able to be booked in certain places and you know, ABCD EFG. So I kind of hope everything is going well for him because this, this whole situation could have another adverse effect on your mental um, just from, the, the situation we're in but yeah like, a, i listen you know. to it i listen to it and, and i think he does sound sincere um i think he he does sound incredibly mature and, and you gotta remember he's in, like you know this this is it's tough for anybody to go back and and look back on what they did especially you know there were days he was doing this for days days mm-hmm. of, of this type of thing and you know he he sounded you know honestly sincere about it I'll put this out there. I I think that I don't think that he has as many enemies in that company as people think he does now. I think that they they let him go in a time where they weren't letting anyone go. <laughs> they let him yeah. go because I think they really did want him to get help. And I think that if he does, you know, when this all of this stuff clears up, I think he'll be back. I I really do. And and I think that you know he should just continue to try and move forward and do things for, for himself. And I think that there will be a home for him there because it looked to, to me, it seemed to me that they were, they wanted a lot or they expected a lot from him just by the way things were going before he left. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll see. But that, that's, that's my, my guess is that this probably endeared him a lot more to, to that, uh, to people there than we thought it did. Yeah, no doubt. No, I understand that. Uh, what else do we have? Did you watch the triple H untold? I did. Some great content. Really good, right? I I I can't listen to Triple H talk because he sounds he's he's a really intelligent guy, and I love the and, and obviously if you guys haven't seen this is the uh, I believe it's what the twenty year twenty five years something twenty year, no it's twenty years of well yeah it's twenty five years of Triple H I mean maybe we're getting that confused with the twenty years of this <laughs> match but. You know, they're still because they're still uploading Triple H matches to YouTube. I'm like, bro, wasn't that like two weeks ago? What's going on? Um, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the 20 year anniversary. I mean, it's far from the 20 year anniversary, but still 20 years nonetheless. Since um, this massive feud between Mick Foley and Triple H that kind of changed Triple H's career. And he owes, he says multiple times through his documentary that he owes pretty much a, a large chunk of why he became so successful to Mick Foley really putting his body on the line in certain situations to make him look amazing. And as you can see through this entire Triple H and Toll, which kind of goes through the rivalry from, um, I mean, they, they, they stretch back from certain moments back in the 97 era, but it really kind of focuses on that Royal Rumble 2000, No Way Out 2000, and even kind of WrestleMania 2000-ish kind of maybe kind of um a little bit that entire 
Yeah, a little. It, it, it circles through that entire arc because that's the kind of arc that kind of really defined. I remember watching it, and that's the arc that kind of defined it because I was like, really, he's beaten this. I was ten. So I was very like, yo, he really beat him like again. Like I really thought McFoley was going to win. And then he got beaten again and and then again and then again. Um, so it was it was a great watch to kind of get the behind the scenes take and the behind the scenes voices and why they've done so much and how much they owe everything and how important these various promos were to their careers. And and you know, as much as you say I, you like hearing Triple H talk, there's something about McFoley who takes this who takes professional wrestling to another level and adds another layer to it and why things should be appreciated um more so than just the face value and he they both are go in stephanie mcmahon's there she goes in as well and talks about this entire thing what did what did you think about it i i agree with with foley as well i i think that what we were listening to uh were two very cerebral psychological guys talking about where they were at, you know, at that moment. And I, I love going back to the, I am the effing game promo. <laughs> um, I thought that was really cool for, to see him talk about in retrospect and, and how they cut that. I, I really like that. You see that snippet of Vince saying that was good at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really, that was really cool to see that, that type of stock footage and uh, that BTS um, type of content but i i really did enjoy without having watched you know without having to watch those matches both of them very long um you got to see you know from their perspective how they had the crowd in their hands the one scene that i really liked was when he kicked out of the pedigree and fully talked about no one had done that and that was why they had to escalate to doing it on the thumbtacks and how that was so dangerous and why that was so dangerous and you never really think when you, when you see that, you're thinking of, oh, man, he's going to get thumbtacks in his face. But he talks about his eye. And that's what got me. Because as a, as a child, all the way up to this point, I never thought about his eyes, right? I mean, I saw it in his eyes. But I, I, here's the thing. The first time I saw it wasn't when I was 10 years old. Because I didn't purchase pay-per-views back then. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a that was a wild visual. It's still wild to think about. It's still cringeworthy seeing a man take a full frontal force full frontal whoa um taking a full i guess face plant into a bed of thumbtacks and each of them stinging and pointing and jabbing in your eyes and all over your body mm-hmm. so it's an incredible visual to watch and it's you know trip undertaker i mean undertaker oof, not there yet um mick foley was pretty much like yo this is the extremes we had to take like he didn't say it as like, oh, I thought it would be cool to do it. He was like, no, this is what this view deserves. This is how you step over and go over to that next realm of like godliness in here. And yeah. establish and kind of authenticity, you know, add some authenticity to Triple H as opposed to just being the guy who everyone hates. Now you realize he's we hate him because he's that damn good. Yeah. And I do, what do you feel about like people's thoughts of Triple H's career? Like, people don't think he had like a great career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so my thoughts on his career is that, in terms of, I'm, I think a lot of it where he'll go down, and that sort of all timeless. A large part of it has to do with. I don't want to say it's in ring stuff. 
but there's a there's a portion that's in ring stuff, but I think it's graduated differently than the other, which is the persona, the longevity, the things after wrestling in terms of what he's contributed to the business. That's what makes him an all timer. Um, because there's a lot of Triple H's career that's kind of like, huh? <laughs> I, I think people judge. I think people judge a lot towards the Reign of Terror. I think that's what a lot of what people remember is the Reign of Terror. And you know what? It's it's a large reign uh, because it didn't just happen as much as it. I mean, there was that one year that you just meant nine months where you just with the title just pinning WCW guys like no one's business. <laughs> um, but there's also like the first kind of. 2000 to 2009 where you're kind of like he you're like oh how did he win 10 titles already like what was really going on like you can't even remember a lot of it it all kind of blurs together and maybe that's more indicative of the era than actually triple h himself but to me he doesn't get into his best in-ring bag until like long after like his the current recent era i would say like the last like five to six years is the best yeah. i've seen triple h in the ring on a on and you know he's not in the ring on a consistent level maybe that's the reason why he's reason why it says he's not as banged up or injured even though he's still old but he's working at a different rate and he's working toward the crowd and i think that's the way we expected people to work or or that he should have worked from the beginning but the times were different it's it's weird times were different um, I just thought of something in my brain that's just completely separate from this thing. I'm wondering if the kids who kind of grow up on wrestling now, how will they be as fans? Because they never have got to go through the era where is wrestling real. They're gonna I get. They're, they're gonna get what what WWE showing them now, and that there was never no one ever had a problem with Triple H. He was always loved. He always had great yeah. matches. <laughs> Yeah, they're never going to get that, but they, they're also never going to get that aspect because of all these behind-the-scenes thing and WWE so clear and open. You don't get the whole, like, yo, is that guy working or not? Nah, he him for real. Like, he doesn't – you don't get to buy in to what they're really trying to sell you. Instead, now you're it's, – it's I think maybe it's something different they're trying to sell you. Like, they're trying to tell – they're trying to sell you if it's real and obviously a business that you know is predetermined. So your brain kind of works in a different way, but you don't get complete buy-in of like, yo, know, he really pedigreed him on the thumbtacks and he like killed him or the hell in a cell thing going through the top of the, they still haven't determined whether or not they didn't announce whether or not that was a planned spot, but I think it was, it was. which look, is, which is insane. Believe. Look at where he landed, and that just seems like. Look, I also think it's cap that that Vince didn't know about the thumbtacks. It's cap. This is two thousand. Yeah. He one hundred percent knew the, the thumbtacks were coming out. Yeah, he told the referee is like, "Yo, don't and no goddamn thumbtacks." And then they put out a bed thumbtacks. Like, I would be surprised and shocked if you know. I didn't. It, you know what? I didn't know Triple H was so beat up the fuck up after that match. No, the leg, oh his my. leg bleeding and all that. Yeah, that one little spot. Like, it's a spot you don't even think about. Like, the whole, like, you know, the, 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 the suplex onto the wooden pallet. But he had legitimately a part of the wooden pallet jammed into his leg. And then when he took off his boot, his boot was full of blood. I was like, oof, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, it, it, it is really it, – it, it was a brutal match. And I think the, the, the Hell in a Cell wasn't my favorite of the two. 
Um, I did, I did love the the Royal Rumble match a lot, a lot more. I just felt like it was it was a perfect match to me. I think it's Triple H's classic next to the Brian match. Mm-hmm. I think he has two, and those are those are my two. Or actually, no, the Rock Ladder match is pretty good too. I don't know if it's a classic though. Yeah, he's he's got a couple classics. Don't get me wrong. And ultimately, I'd say his career. You know what? He's one of the greatest of all time. He just is. He's a. But do I think it's romanced a lot? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's not like. I can find a number of wrestlers better than him, or that have done him better than him. But at the end of the day, like he's still he's still that damn good. Like it, it, it's a lot of it's romance, but man, he's still there's still part of him that's really good, like really really good. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to Money uh, in the Bank. Unless you have anything else. Uh, I want to note that um, excerpts are coming out from this Nikki Bella or the Bella book. Yes, the Bella Diaries, as I would say. No, nah, it's what's it called? It's called. Um... Hey, wait a minute, you got the name wrong. <laughs> no, I just made up a name. I just made up a name. I'm not. You know what? <laughs> it's weird. This article does not mention the name of the book. Damn wrestling. Uh, oh, Nikki and Bree's book, incomparable. So they talk about a lot of things in this book. Um, she's they're pretty open about a lot of things. All the backstage tea, the goss, the thoughts about returning breaking necks all this other stuff you know it seems pretty open from what i've read thus far i'm kind of battling if i should read it or not but i want to know what is what is your favorite wrestling book that you've ever read uh the david shoemaker uh david shoemaker book uh death and wrestling um, really i really like that book a lot and see between that and death at wcw Ooh, okay. That's two books I have never read. Is it is Death of WCW like you still learn a lot more insider things, or has everything pretty much been revealed by now in various shoot interviews? And... There's some stuff I didn't know. I I I listened to it on audiobook a year ago. So I mean, not, and I just show you, I was like 31, 32 when I when I heard it. Um, so yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, at that point, and and I think that the the newer version out now actually has updated some things. So I thought it was really 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 interesting uh really good really good listen i know i'm not you know i have my opinions on alvarez and what and whatnot but it's an incredibly i know there's like a lot of people say there's a lot of lies in it a lot of it's, it's like salacious but i just thought mm-hmm. it was a, a good listen just to be like how holy shit i can't believe any of this shit happened but yeah uh i i thought it's, it's one of my favorite books and i think my third it's, it's like a three-way tie it's between that one um between that one the david shoemaker book and I really liked. Uh, I read "Have a Nice Day" a really long time ago. The Mick Foley book, uh, ironically, and I thought that was really good. I, th- I think I've only read Edge's book naturally, um, <laughs> and it's and it's weird because a lot of the things he wrote that book I had already known about him through various like interviews and things like that in his career. But it was still a pretty interesting tale, um, and I think he should write a second book. To be honest with you, um, because all this stuff is like pre two thousand. Everything in that book is pre before the return from the neck injury. And everything yeah. after that is when it becomes really good. <laughs> he wins the world title, all this other stuff like that. So that's the only book. I think I've read Jericho's second or third book. Um, and that was pretty – the one with Kofi Kingston fighting Vince McMahon on an airplane. Um, so I've read that book. I'm thinking of reading this book just to kind of see, you know, obviously the goss. 
but also like where they're kind of at and how their whole mental space and all this other stuff like that. Russell books are very, very interesting. Not enough of them, in my opinion, you know. There are actually a lot of them, Mills. We just haven't read all of them. Oh, all right. Never mind. Fuck it then. Um, uh, we're also, gonna talk about I, we're gonna talk about the Bella book next week. We'll talk about it next week. All right. I also was watching Untold, the whole um, Rodman and Malone thing, um, because naturally the last dance. And I was like, oh, I didn't even see this was on here, so I was watching it. Hogan is such cap. I I hate when he uses Andre as a barometer for so many different things. He was pretty much like, yo. Malone lifted me up and scoop slammed me, and I was, you know, that's damn, that's harder than how Andre slammed me. I was like, oh my god, bro, cut it, cut it with the Andre barometer. He only said it because he only said it because a black man did it. <laughs> oh my god, but that's a good, that's a good watch too. If you're in the last, it's it's the part of the last dance that they'll never show. No, <laughs> oh, pretty <wow>. much. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably get to the state review. That's but, and, be, and be clear, I think I think WWE puts out better documentaries than that last dance uh, shit. Mm. They've done a similar format to it, but yes, WWE is overall much better at telling stories than whoever produced this uh, this last dance thing. I think. Uh, no, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Money in the Bank is Sunday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Uh, it, it features one of the most interesting uh, gimmicks of all time with the Money in the Bank match, both of them taking place at WWE corporate headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Obviously, we know why they have to do this. I, I, I think me and Mills are, are big fans of this, the way that they did the cinematic matches at WrestleMania. Uh, I have no doubt that they will they'll knock it out of the park here. Um, it's, you know what? I'll wait till we get to the actual match itself. For me, that the most jarring part that was revealed recently. The, the booking for this, I don't think we can disagree here, has been uh, much to be desired. Um, there are a lot of, not questions, but just I feel as though, like with both shows, they're running on a treadmill. Uh, and again, when you don't have all your talent, when you're not in front of crowds to get that reaction. There's no way to gauge who was good and who was not. And yeah, uh, it, it is or not good. Not, not who's good or who is not, or what's connecting and what's not connecting. And so mm-hmm. uh, we we're kind of left in a position here where we're having really good matches, but they're not going to resonate because of the next week because this era is so weird. So I I typically I think the the card for this doesn't look terrible. I think it's going to be a pretty good show. It's just that will I remember this a year from now when they're back in front of crowds, possibly, and they say, "Oh crap! Oh yeah, remember the money bank didn't have a crowd in it?" And I'll be like, "Oh wow, that that did happen." So um, let's get right down to it. That's how I feel about WrestleMania. So yes, <laughs> uh, first match we'll talk about. Only six matches here, so I'm guessing that both of the cinematic matches will be at least what do you think? Those 25, 30 minutes long. Did you hear that they're both happening at the same time? Whoa, what? That's what I heard. I heard that both matches are happening simultaneously. Let me let me double check because that's I'm pretty sure I've heard that of both the money in the bank matches happening at the same time. Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to double I'm double confirming because both matches at the same time. WWE confirms According to, you know what? I'm not even going to say the link of the guy. I'm just going to hope they link to the story. No, they don't because wrestling journalism is full of bullshit. Um, if it's Brad Shepard, we're going to keep going. 
WWE confirmed on this week's episode of SmackDown that both the men's and the women's Money Bank ladder matches will happen mm. at the same time. Well, you know, it makes and... sense. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes it interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, it makes yeah, it super makes, interesting. Well, I mean, why would you? They, I, I don't think they'd want to take two matches and try and make that, that match. Sense. You know what I mean? Like, why would you be doing the same match in this with the same type of gimmick of going up the, you know, up the building twice? Because the women are more right. than likely going to do something that the men will do too. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, like they're, they'll also be like, well, you can't do the elevator thing twice. Or you can't do the Vince McMahon office thing twice. Like, it well, makes they, sense. They could, have, they could have done something where it's like, okay, we have the first Money in the Bank ladder match. And maybe they just didn't want to show up at a completely broken, <laughs> like the first ladder match and everything is smashed and destroyed. And then they're trying to have the second one as well. So maybe it's something along those lines, but they could have done something like that carries over. The first ladder, ladder, first ladder match happens. The elevator breaks down in the middle of the thing. Can't use the elevator for the second one because it's broken. So it's you know, I think they could have managed to switch it up. I think there's a lot more things that could go wrong if you do them separately, as opposed to, or you can, you can, um, you can make things. I don't want to say things that can go wrong, but you can kind of group things together as opposed to like having to deal with two separate like problems of like oh we're gonna need two sets of drywall to because you know <laughs> Otis is going through the wall and there's gonna be a giant hole there and now we got a giant hole in the wall if something happens so yeah I guess now I can understand like why it makes sense but also like bruh but it also sets up it, some really it also cool... didn't need to happen in the building <laughs> well well I mean well it, I mean but it's think... interesting it's interesting yeah, well, but I, I think of the the interactions that you can have with the different uh, participants too, which would be cool. You don't normally get to see all of them at the same time very often, and especially not lately. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think some really cool things can can definitely happen there. I'm I'm a little bit actually higher on it now that I know this simultaneous <laughs> simultaneously happening because what if you have Nia Jax helping out King Corbin to get up the stairs or something like that? Like there is a lot of cool wacky things they could do. I'm not looking at this, and, and we'll get to it when we talk about it. I'm not looking at this match as a match. I'm just going to strictly talk about the winner because I don't know what to expect with these two matches. Yeah, 100%. At all. Uh, first up, six car- six matches on this card, by the way. Uh, we have a fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The New Day versus Miz and Morrison versus the Forgotten Sons versus the Lucha House Party. It doesn't look like they're going to be doing any screwy, uh, only one person from the team will defend it type stuff like they did at WrestleMania. So this looks to be a straight-up match. Uh, based off what the, what happened at WrestleMania, I don't think anything can go wrong between New Day and Miz and Morrison. Obviously, I forgot, I think we buried the lead here. Jay Uso is uh, injured. He had, he had a knee injury that's going to put him out for six to nine months, so that's why they're not on the card here. Uh, it's sad, fucking sad, sad, sad. Terrible, sad, terrible, uh, terrible, but also terrible injury wise, but also good because they don't have to, uh, you know, put themselves at risk, you know, right? And so it's they, Jimmy Uso. Oh, it's Jimmy. I'm sorry, sorry about that, Jimmy Uso. Um, yeah. I would, I would, I would expect Naomi would not be around either again because of this, too, because I think that uh, they got kids, right? But her and Jimmy, um, not together, no, but. Uh, Jimmy and Jay, I mean, Jimmy definitely has kids. Um, 
with a previous relationship. I don't think they have kids with together. Um, but it's still, you know, it's gonna suck. That's that's gotta suck. Um, to pretty much, you, you're pretty much like, what, like maybe like six months from returning. Yeah, now you're back out for another nine months. That's terrible. Um, oh, at least you don't gotta go out and risk your life for professional wrestling for this yeah. good, bad, evil company that'll or, uh, that's trying to kill people. Or, uh, <laughs> or nor nor do you have to wrestle the Forgotten Sons. Uh, who on SmackDown this past week beat the New Day? <laughs> I mean, who did you see it coming, or did you see it coming? Like I knew from the second that it was going on, I was like, "Oh, they're about to win, aren't they?" Um, let me let me turn this on mute. Let me discuss. <laughs> I need a. I need. I can't even watch this in disgust. You you knew you knew all the steps. You knew everything else going to happen. So. Uh, now they're in line for the tag team championships. Lucha House Party's there too, which should that's be because fun. they beat the former. That's because they beat the former the former champs uh, two weeks ago, right? Yeah, the Miz and Morrison. So yeah. they're it's good. I mean, I think this is going to be a good match. Um, for as much as we shit on the Forgotten Sons and they are MAGA, let me just be yeah. clear. I was I was wrong. Like, once again, I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that. Well, maybe they, you should judge a book for by its cover next time. <laughs> you're right. Uh, I, I, <laughs> book by I think, very confederate covers. <laughs> I, I don't think that we can deny that in this type of setting, even in NXT, that these guys have ever done wrong and that they've always kind of excelled in these multi man match settings. So I don't have a concern about them or Lucha House Party. I think this is going to be an incredible match. I just have a natural disdain for the Forgotten Sons, I don't like the cut of their jib, I don't really like them. Um, they haven't done much for me in NXT. Uh, even though they were in, yeah, they were in a tag team title match. It still didn't do much for me. Um, so if they managed to win, I'd be very, very. I don't even know if I'd be surprised at this point. I guess I would be surprised. Um, but I mean, I I'm excited. Think- I'm excited that Lucha House Party's in this match. I like Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik. Let's, let's go I'm, crazy. I'm, let's go crazy with it. Lucha House Party. I think they're gonna win. Let's go crazy with it. Ooh, okay. You throwing everything on the table. Yeah, um, let's let's go crazy with it. It's it's pandemic, baby. Let's go crazy with it. They're like, who's watching? Who's gonna watch? <laughs> <laughs> who's watching? Might as well. Uh, no, that would shake up the division, and I think a very awesome way if if they had Lucha House Party win, um, because it's something that no one ever expected. And then you, the fall from them probably losing to Forgotten Sons would be a lot less steeper. <laughs> in yeah. my opinion um i'm going to say the new day retains okay. i'm just gonna say new day retains they don't need they say. don't need these titles by the way mills they don't need no, them at all they don't need the titles but also like a month rain is kind of crazy though it, it, it's not even that it's like bro i don't even know what to say about new day anymore they've done it all so it's it just is what it is well, I mean, after this, you got extreme rules, so you might yeah. want to save that. They they could do something really crazy with the Forgotten Sons. Extreme rules. It is in June. It's uh June ninth. No, oh, actually, no, it's July nineteenth. So there's no pay per view in June. No, there is no pay per view in June. Yuck! <laughs> yeah. You better have some banging raws. And... <laughs> Bruh, no. I don't think we're gonna have any. What? What did they do a break like this last year? 
No, they didn't. Well, kind of. So there was a Saudi pay-per-view. Yeah, then they did Stomping Grounds. Yeah, so there was a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view. Obviously, that throws everything out of whack. I mean, but it's WWE and it's their network. Just make up an event. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I I think, I think, well, I I think this might have, this pandemic stuff might have thrown them out of a loop. Because if you remember, we didn't even have a full schedule of pay-per-views before it hit. And usually we don't get those until, like, what, like, beginning of second quarter? Yeah, usually they, they, it's definitely, uh, I think, a Saudi Arabia type of pay-per-view thing that would be in the slot, especially from the last number of years. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like the late May, it would have probably been like the Memorial Day. Yeah, the late May, the greatest Royal Rumble, all types of crap like that. Yeah. So usually they have that sort of situation. So now there's nothing there. But if WWE wants to, they can legitimately put a, an event there. They can call it, you know, trash. They can call, bags. It, they can like, call it Starcade. <laughs> yeah, they can call it Starcade at this point. The Great American Bash. Who cares? Like they can oh, do anything okay. they want. What if they had a, a barbecue match where they, where they, were, they were fighting at a... Uh... At a Fourth of July barbecue, <laughs> and it's just a pre-tape barbecue match, and people are that'd there be, for that'd be fire. <laughs> oh my god, let's do it. Let's book the territory. Um, next match, uh, we have Bailey versus Tamina. This is the match Ooh. that determines if she's the goat. This is the Chris Novak match. So here's the thing. This thing has been taped. So there's a lot of angles you can go with this match already. And I'm sure they managed to – I'm sure they brought in a couple more cameras. It was like, listen, if you don't get it from that angle, get it from that angle. Because trust me, <laughs> you have a hard time putting this match together. Are you going um, to put an asterisk on, on it if it's because it's taped? Because I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to <sighs> – I'm not. I, I'm going to give Bailey her flowers if this is over. What I say, one star. If it's over one star, I'm going to give Bailey her props. Damn, I don't know. What to say. I'm going to say it's Bailey wins. That's all I can say. Yeah, Bailey, I think. Uh, Do you think that the Sasha storyline uh, crystallizes here? No, okay. I think Bailey just wins. Yeah, okay. I think I think just Bailey wins. Um, I can't. I couldn't see anything else going with this match that hasn't already happened. Um, that made no sense. I couldn't see anything with the Sasha program happening that will affect this match because it's you know it's just Bailey versus Tamino. Let's get it out the way. Let's do it. Let's just, Good for Tamino for getting a pay per view slot. Bailey has been everybody else. <laughs> except except Sasha. Except Sasha too. Except Sasha and Tamina. So. Yeah. Good for her. I mean, good for her. I, I think we run into the same issue too. Is that like when Sasha inevitably beats Bailey? Like, ooh, woof. <laughs> you know what news we skipped out on? And sorry for all the Bailey lovers, Chris Novak. Um, you know what news we skipped out on? Becky, part-time Becky. Yeah. Becky, uh, Becky billion billions Becky. Um, out she's here not doing on the cam- show. She's not on the show. No, no, she's not on the show because she's part-time, bro. She part-time now. You know that she's a she's doing she's she's got Hollywood you know Hollywood sites is what I'm hearing it was is the hot goss around the around the water cooler at the performance center she's got hey, Hollywood sites it, she's part time now let her go let she's, her do it yeah you know she out here she she defends the title whenever you know whenever she's around you know I heard she was injured I want to say uh, she was injured or something like that 
Well, uh, also Kevin Kevin Owens also injured uh, ankle injury from that ill advised uh, fall from the from the sign at WrestleMania. Damn, who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. So that's why he hasn't been mentioned Ooh, for the past month. Well, listen. Let me let me stop. <laughs> I was about to say something. Um, I mean Bailey wins. That's all I can say. It's Bailey wins. Uh, next up, Braun Strowman <laughs> versus Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend, for the Universal Championship. Oof. Okay. Oof. <laughs> this is your first. So, you get the title, and this is your first defense. <laughs> this is worse oof. than Kane. Oof. Um. So this doesn't end here, obviously. <laughs> No, there's no way this ends here because like what else (laughs) i mean honestly what else is there so there's no way this ends here braun Strowman versus bray Wyatt to me i don't think anyone's looking forward to it i would be open for them to surprise me but considering bray Wyatt's current gimmick and how braun Strowman wrestles i highly doubt it um it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the miz bray match right where he's like just taking punishment yeah, he's gonna take punishment and eventually kick out, and then maybe win or something, something nefarious. I don't know. Do you think Bray needs a Bray needs a person with him? Does he need a? I won't say he <laughs> a lady, a valet, or no, something. Nah, he just they just need to stop. Uh, they they need to work with his creative around these Bray Wyatt versus Fiend match, uh, like the 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 differences and stuff like that, like. They need to just work on that. I, I think that this is an ill-advised... I think they should have drawn this out a lot more and maybe done, like, Strowman facing someone who wasn't this unbeatable entity yet. Maybe he should have mm-hmm. gone against, like, Cesaro or Nakamura at the pay-per-view and then draw it out to do, to do Bray at SummerSlam. Like, they shouldn't have just ran straight to this program, I think. Like, right. They should have they should have stretched it out a little bit more to eventually... Because we're going to get to The Fiend... I do think eventually Braun's going to lose it to the Fiend, and I do think that whenever uh, Redacted Reigns comes back, he's going to get the title oh, yeah. from from Bray. But I, I just think this is the, a bad start for for Braun's uh, run. But hey, we don't we don't really I don't really give it I don't care about his run at all, so I'm not going to complain too much. I think Braun, I think it's going to be a no contest. God damn, um, Braun retains. Braun retains. He's gonna win. Bray Wyatt has already been pinned, um, so it's a or the Fiend has already been pinned rather. So it's not like they can't go back to it. So I think Braun Strowman's gonna unfortunately win this match. But considering you beat Bray Wyatt and you didn't beat the Fiend, that's where it kind of lies. Yep. Hooray! More more Braun as champion. Uh, next up, we have Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE championship in a match that I think will be a lot better than, uh, than people are thinking it's going to be. Like I said before, these two have really good chemistry. Even when, when Seth was a face and, and Drew was a heel, they, they tore it down on raw countless mm-hmm. times. They just, they just did it so many times that we didn't care anymore. Um, it's obvious here. Drew's going to win. My question for you meals is like, do they continue this and make it an extreme rules match afterwards? Or like who's next for Drew here? Because his reign and a lot of people, I caught flack strangely from a lot of people last week for saying, I just, oh, yeah. I, I, just I, I don't feel, I'm not feeling it. I feel, I like him. I'm just not feeling it. I love how you caught flack. And I definitely was saying that for like weeks, but you know what? 
you're you, man. You're the bootlicker. Yeah, I, I'm the. Well, I, how can I be a bootlicker at that point? Like, it's, I don't like, know. It's weird. I don't it's know like, anymore. I, I was I've been get... saying. <laughs> I've been hinting at my feelings regarding this rain for weeks, and it, no one has let me know that it just happened, um, and that I shouldn't feel a type of way about it because Brock Lesnar doesn't have the title anymore. It's like, well, guess what? <laughs> you can put the title on a person that may. You can have a rain. Which is, I mean, I think in a vacuum, the rain itself completely is separated from the situation that was had previously. One doesn't equate the other. One isn't a result of the other. You're coronating Drew as champion because he deserves it, not because he wanted the title off of Brock Lesnar, even though that's what happened anyway. So I think that we're talking about Drew McIntyre's championship reign in a vacuum, and it may not hit, like... It may not slap like we thought it was going to, and that's it, okay. It, it don't, and it's not for lack of matches or good matches. It's not that I'm not giving him a chance. Clearly, I am. I'm just saying I'm not feeling it because I feel like I want to hear the crowd say three, two, one, and I can't. And I mean, I'm allowed to be a little bit selfish about this because it's it's fucking fake. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and it's my opinion. I'm not saying I'm not trying to be, for once, the uh, the voice or a voice of, you know, someone important about this. I just, I'm just not feeling it. Cause I just feel like he works better with a crowd. And yeah. I think he's, I think he's a great competitor. I think he's a great wrestler. I just don't think that like, once this is over, where, where does he go? I, that, and that's my issue with, with, well, not my issue, but that's the issue essentially with what they're doing with these, these empty arena shows during this, this, you know, global incident is that there's very few people that he can get. It KO's injured. I don't want to see Andrade again. It's just not many places he can go. So here's how I feel about Drew McIntyre. And I think this is the main problem. And when it, when he goes up against someone as layered as Seth Rollins, it becomes a lot more obvious. Um, Drew McIntyre career. And I think character hasn't been fully developed. And I think when you're going against Brock Lesnar, it's kind of easy for you to do that. I mean, quite honestly, all you have to do is hit him and you, you're over like Rover. Yeah. So it is what it is. But when you have in a character-based type of thing where you have to do these promos and you have to stand across someone as a foil and things like that, it becomes incredibly hard for you to believe in him like you would believe in Seth. Seth gives you reasons. He's giving you motives. He gives you expressions. He gives you everything. He gives you all that. Drew McIntyre... It just gives you a kick. So it's a it's a little bit different. I think the entire story for Drew McIntyre hasn't been told as of yet, but I don't think it's going to be told as champion. Maybe his descent from the championship will kind of change him into a different, a much more layered character who has to deal with losses and how do you deal with these losses. But I think at the end of the day, it's like ultimately, and it, and it's a lot more obvious with these, you know, these things he's a big guy and yeah. he's just in a force and he's just a person who has good matches and kills things but maybe that's not what we all maybe when we when we put him across all these different characters who seem to be fully fleshed there's there's a lot more there's a lot more out of them than you know we get out of drew and and, and, I, and I won't complain if seth is his first feud because seth regardless of what you think about him is a guy that can work the style and, mm-hmm. and you know, he, he does, he does really good stuff in the ring. But I think that when, like I said last week, if we're in a crowd setting right now, I think people are going to be cheering Seth and booing Drew. And I really do think that. 
Yeah, because people there's there's a lot more to grab onto with Seth than there is to Drew. Um, in the previous one, there's a lot more to grab onto Drew than there was to Brock. Uh, Drew was you know on the ascent, and Brock Lesnar was a stagnant champion. Um, so it's kind of like there's a lot more to grab on with something new. Um, with this, I think there's a lot more to grab on with uh, Seth than actual Drew. And maybe it's a champion thing. I don't know. But that's what it is. I'm going to go with actually, bada bing, bada boom. I think I want to say, do I want to say Drew McIntyre wins? I'm kind of thinking Seth. Nah. <laughs> huh. All of this for Seth to win it back, Mills? I mean, All of this. I mean, goddamn, pal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and to be clear, Seth is like their golden boy. That is who they go to in in a in a weirdly Triple H way. That's who they go to whenever they have nothing left. I just well, don't... listen. Here's why, and and it may not. I mean, this pay per view has been taped already. Um, FYI, um, here's what I think. A lot of things are going down, viewership, ratings, something. You need something to pop something. Imagine you having the same problem of the viewership continuously going down from week by week and people saying the shows aren't interesting, et cetera, et cetera. And you continue to plot through the same thing without presenting something starkly different on the following Monday night. Um, I think Seth Rollins winning this. And maybe you can have him trade it back and forth with Drew, but I think Seth Rollins winning this is an answer to get people interested once again in whatever you got going on. Um, mm. Because they're learning now that putting the title on Drew and making a much more interesting show, it's clearly not, <laughs> clearly not the answer. Um, so I think just from a business standpoint, if you're not going to have a pay-per-view in June, if you're going to continue to do all this entire thing, just you know, just screw Drew out of the title, and make him a two-time champion. Make him a two-time yeah. champion by Extreme Rules. Yeah, well, I don't know by Extreme Rules, but you have him, you know, go up and try to beat this champion again. I think it's. I think honestly, if I were WWE, I would put it on Seth Rollins. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins. I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins. That would be that would break the internet, boy. Let me tell you. Hmm. All right, It'll really quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go through these simultaneous money in the bank ladder matches. Yeah, re- really quick because we don't know. Once again, we don't know what. Same thing with the boneyard thing and, the, and stuff from last month. We don't know what this is going to look like. So, um, the money in the bank ladder matches. The men's one will be Daniel Bryan versus Rey Mysterio versus Aleister Black versus King Corbin versus Otis versus the newly returned AJ Styles, who came back this Monday or last Monday on Raw. Uh, and for the women, you have Asuka versus Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax versus Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans versus Carmella. Can't say I'm too big of a fan of the women's side. I think the men's one will be interesting in a regular, like a regular match <laughs> would have been really cool. But um, from the women's side, I- I'm sorry. I-, I still don't think anyone but Shayna or Asuka could win this. I think it would be a major, yeah. To, to be honest, I'm eliminating the SmackDown side just entirely. Yes, <laughs> because <laughs> if I'm going through the process, yeah, if I'm going through the process of elimination, I don't want to see any of them carrying around that damn briefcase and <laughs> you know doing it over everyone's head. So the SmackDown side for the women's is just completely mixed out. 
Oscar Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax. Now, I've heard a lot of conversation that Nia Jax needs this. Um, would she benefit from it? Yes. Would it be a lot more imposing? Yes. Would I be a little bit more interested? Probably not. But so we're going down now to Shayna Baszler versus Asuka. I think. So my heart, obviously, Asuka. Yeah. My brain says Shayna. <laughs> yeah. And as, as flat as I've been with Shayna, I don't think they're going to give up on her that quickly. But I just don't think she needed the briefcase to drive it home that she's won all the. Like, I think I said it. I think I've even said it back in February. They're going to make her win all the gimmick matches, probably. Mm. I could see. Here's what I could see. I could see legitimately next Monday in Raw, Becky shows up and Shayna Baszler shows up and beats the shit out of Becky Lynch. Yeah. Like, because she's supposed to show up next week, Monday, to address the, 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 winner. the winner of the women's money bank. Money in the Bank ladder match. Shayna Baszler obviously has a problem. Um, she could do that, or Shayna Baszler could show up, beat up Becky Lynch, and maybe another person comes in and wins this. I think you'll know who the Money in the Bank winner is very sooner rather than later, in my opinion. Um, Oscar versus Shayna. Oscar or Shayna. Oscar go versus Shayna. Shayna. I'm go Shayna. Uh, all right, just for interesting sake, I'm gonna go Oscar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. There's a story there. Uh, uh, Becky allegedly beat her demon, but this is a goofier, funnier, more dangerous Asuka. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Asuka's characterization here as a mix of her uh, final third of her NXT tenure with the beginning of her WWE main roster one is, is a really cool. Mixed with Kana Chan. <laughs> yeah, mixed with Kana Chan is, 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 is really dope characterization. I think for someone who was very lost for two years, She's mm-hmm. finally, it feels like she's comfortable here now. And yeah. um, I really love seeing her on TV. I think that, you know, if she didn't have a belt, I wouldn't be sad. I would like to see her get one run, though. So Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll see. Uh, as far as the men, I think this really goes down to Alistair and AJ, right? Like, that's the few they look to be having coming out of this. Yeah, I think Daniel Bryan, at this point, I don't think he's going to win it. Um Rey Mysterio can't see him winning it. Baron Corbin, no, they're, they're, they've been done with him as yeah. far as that goes for yeah. a while. Otis can't see winning it. Otis would be wild. Otis would be a great, a grand misuse of Bruce Pritchard's powers. Um, <laughs> because I know he loves that fat man. Um, Aleister Black versus AJ Styles. I, you know what? I see it on AJ because He's one. Yeah, it adds a little bit more to Apollo Crews' story as well if they decide to go that route that he just missed out and then the guy who took his place ends up winning the entire thing. Yeah, Aleister Black, he could, but I don't feel like they're there with him yet. And it's weird because they, once again, I mean, we've been talking about this for over a year now. Put the foot to the pedal. Like, let's put him where he needs to be. Let's stop him kicking, you know, kicking around Denzel Dejanet or whoever the hell he's kicking around, um, Leon Ruff or something. And let's put him in a situation where he needs to be in, um, which is the main event scene, obviously. Or at yeah. least let's start building towards that. But they've been really kind of like biding their time with Aleister Black, which makes me think they're not going to put it on him. Well, I, um, I I'd argue that he doesn't need he doesn't need the briefcase at all. He's already undefeated, essentially, or he's already got like a crazy win loss record. Mm-hmm. And I I think that what 
the thing with Alistair is that he needs a, a heel to face. Like he needs a, a big heel to go against and to to make up for him winning it. And I think that he wouldn't screw Drew out of the, the title, you know, or essentially like if, if cash in start to be believed, he wouldn't just do that to Drew. I think mm-hmm. he'd do it to AJ, but I think that AJ and Drew was then is once AJ came back, I said, yep, he's Drew's next. He's ne- he's his next challenger. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, that's perfectly plausible. But even though we've so, done it, even though we did, we did it earlier this year, that's his next challenger. Yeah. I, you know what? We've got to go with AJ. I think AJ in this situation, to me, when you look at all the participants in this match, it's a no-brainer. Um, I can't see anyone cashing in. I mean, someone could cash in on. None of the SmackDown people are going to cash in on Braun. Braun is a big goof. Uh, He's also tied to Bray. So, like, you got that eliminates all of them immediately because the Bray thing yeah. is they're going to be one month. Yeah. AJ. AJ. It's got to be AJ. Yeah, it's got to be AJ, and I, I would, I would shudder to think that he somehow cashes in on Monday, or he takes a flight from Stanford to fucking Orlando, <laughs> the PJ. That would be <laughs> wild. AF. <laughs> but I mean, AJ does. You also have to think there's the Undertaker bump, where once you lose to the Undertaker, you get bumped right back to essentially higher to where you were. Like everyone who loses to Undertaker, they go right to right back to like top of the card. Same thing happened to punk. Like he took a month off and then he was right back to the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to think that that's, that's where it goes. Cause I mean, you had punk, he lost the taker. Then he was facing Brock by SummerSlam. So yeah, that's usually what happens when you lose the taker, you get the taker bump. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say AJ too. I don't think Alistair needs it. Ray doesn't need it. Daniel Bryan. It's, it's if you if we're going to see him week to week, um, and I think the big thing there is Daniel Bryan Gulak, right? That's like the big, the big story for for them for him right now. You know, big is a big is an interesting term. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the, story he wants, that's the story he wants to do. Looks like, yeah, that's the story that seemingly he wants to do. So it's, it's big to him. So who knows? But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that I I really do think that um it'll it'll really be interesting. It'll be fun, funny. I think we're gonna get a lot of memes out of it. Um. I look forward to the show. I think that once again, as, as a, a, um, a distraction from these times, they, you know, they haven't steered us wrong with these big events yet. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to see who comes out on top as far as the, the briefcases go, even if this yeah. title matches are a little bit predictable or unless if you're meals, not, um, not. but yeah, that is, uh, that is the show. That is the weekend pro wrestling uh, money in the bank does air on Sunday, and afterwards, there will be the first episode of the Undertaker documentary, which we will be talking about next week as well as we review yeah. that show. And the Shit, might, but might talk about a long form of the show next week sucks. Oh, <laughs> might yeah. go RSPN uncensored on it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm with it. I'm cool with it. Shout out to Mark and Jeff. Uh, but yes, uh, make sure you watch the show. Please stay safe out there, everyone. Uh, and as always, oh, I forgot one thing. One more thing before we go. There was someone who sent us a question. Uh, Betrot asked us who do you think currently has the best gimmick character uh currently in the e not ring or work rate related um that's a good that's a good ass question um can i give a top three yeah i mean i'll go i'll go i'll go oscar i'll go montez ford and i'll go alistair black all three different spectrums i'm going to go um 
Matt Riddle stoner gimmick, <laughs> which maybe. Oh, I, I was uh, just thinking main roster. I would say him too. I would say Matt Riddle. I would say, um, gosh, you know, I think. Oof, fuck. Did you see? Uh, did you see? Um, Gargano and his wife. I I love I loved it. Did you like it? I'm not in love with Candace yet, but I liked it. I liked what I saw thus far. <laughs> I like her theme. Her theme is hard. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen thus far. So I'll say I'll say those. I you know sorry for going into NXT, and if I had to choose main roster, I'm probably gonna end up choosing Oscar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I go Oscar Montez or Alistair. I, I'm just an Alistair Mark. So uh, he's yeah. One of- He's one of my, he's definitely like my favorite uh, right now in the company. But yeah, that is the A Show. Thank you, Beatrot, for giving us that question. I told you we were going to answer it. I'm sorry we made you wait an hour and almost a half into it, but you listen to the show anyway. And thank you for the support. Uh, make sure you follow us at RNC Radio Live. Uh, you follow me at OG Johnny Five and Meals at Meals TV. Ask us a question. We'll, we'll answer it right here on the show. Uh, but until next week with your Money in the Bank review. Uh, that is the A show. And Mills, did you do you have a new? You don't have a new ending yet? No, just wash your hands. Wash right. your hands. Cool. Well, we'll see you next week.